Tone Sick by Lynn Venerable. What thrill is there going out among the stars? Coming back means bitter loneliness. Frank Stone pushed listlessly at a red checker with his right forefinger. He knew the move would cost him a man, but he lacked an, enough interest in the game, a safe move. Opponent James jumped at the red disc, the Black King removed it from the board. Gregory, across the room, flicked rapidly through the pages of the magazine, too rapidly to be reading anything, even looking at the pictures. Ross lay quietly on his bunk, staring out at the viewpoint. The four were strangely alike in appearance, nearly the same age, an age with wild grey hairs, finally out number, black or baldness takes over. The age when its spanning waistline began to stack tidily, where robust middle age begins a slow accelerating decline towards senility. A strange group of, to find aboard a star spaceship. But then the Columbus was a very strange ship, bolted to the outer hole, just under the viewpoint, viewports. A wooden box is full of green, red geraniums and ivy wound trenverous green folds over the gleaming hull that was worth stored. The bombardment of pinpoint meters and turned away the deadly power of naked cosmic rays. Finkenstone glanced at the wrist chrome. It is a one minute to six. I am in a minute, he thought. Rose will say something about going out of woody geraniums. Wrist chrome flicked tick thirty nine times. I think I'll go out and water my geranium, said Ross. Now one glanced up, then Gregory threw his magazine on the floor. Ross got out and walked liberally, slightly to walk to a wall locker. He pulled out a heavy, ungainly space suit and a big little bulb of a headpiece. He carried onto his bunk and laid him carefully down. Will somebody please help me with my suit? he asked. One more long moment. No one moved. Then James got up began to help Ross fit his legs into the suit. Ross had to have rifles. I've rifles, not badly, but enough so that he needed a little help. I'm into a space suit. James pulled the heavy folds of the suit up around Ross's body, held it while Ross extended his arms into sleeve sections. His hands and his heavy gauntlets were too unwieldy to do the fastenings. He said slightly while James did it for him. Ross lifted the helmet, staring at it as a cripple might regard a wheelchair, which he loathed but was wholly dependent upon. When he fitted his helmet over his head, and James fastened it down and lifted the oxygen tank to his back. Ready, asked James. A barbarous headpiece included in a plane and a nod. James walked to the panel through a stitch, which marked in a lock. A round aperture slid slightly open. Ross stepped through it, and the door shut behind him. As James threw the switch back to his original position, opposite the switch marked outer lock. A signal glowed redly as James threw another switch. A moment later, the signal flickered out. Frankenstein, with a violent gesture, swept the checkerboard clean. Red and black men clattered the floor, rolling and spinning. Nobody picked them up. What does he 
Why does he do it for? for demanded Frankenstein in a tight voice. Why did he get get out of those those stinking geraniums? He can't touch the smell. Shut up, said Gregory. James looked up sharply. Curtness was unusual for Gregory. A bad sign. Frankenstein was one who had been watching, the one whose stone signs are cracking. But after so long, being a psycho expert, her opinion might be a highway, highway. Who was a yardstick? Who was normal? Geraniums don't smell much anyway, said Gregory, in a more quadrillion tone. Yeah, agreed Frankenstein. I forgot that. But why does he talk to himself like this? And us too. Because that's what he wanted to do, answered James. Sure, agreed Gregory. The whole trip allows plenty of years of it. Anyhow, all we could talk about was how, when he got back to Earth, he was going to buy a little place in the country and for his flowers. Well, we're back, muttered Frankenstein, to bitterness. He's raging flowers, but not, not in any, any un- little place. But not only in any, any little place in the country. Gregory continued almost dreamily. Remember the last night out? You all gathered around the view screen, and there was Earth, growing getting bigger and greener, close all the time. Remember? We felt we would be going, going back after 30 years. 30 years cooped up in this ship, Rumble Frankenstein, all our 20s and 30s and 40s. But we are coming, we are coming home. His rapid expression of Gregory's lined with a face. We were looking forward to the 20 or maybe 30 years. We had left talking about what we do, where we live, wondering what had changed on earth. At least we had the last night out. All data stashed away in the microfiles. All data about the planets of air. We couldn't breathe and food we couldn't eat. We're going home. Home to big, friendly green earth. Frankenstein's face suddenly crumpled as though he was about to weep and cradled his head against his arms. God, we do we have to to go over it all again? Not again tonight. Leave him alone, older James. Infection of command in his voice. Go to the other section of the ship. If you don't want to listen, he has he has to keep going over it. Just like Russ had been watering his geraniums, face so remained motionless. And Gregory looked grateful as James, uh, James, James, a steady one. It's easy for him because he understood. Gregory's face became more and more emanated, and he lost himself, living again in his recollections. A day we blasted in the crowds, thousands of people, all the there to see us come in. We were proud, of course, we fought at first to land, just like we'd been the first to go out. Those cheers come in for the thousands of people at once. For us, Ross, Lieutenant Ross was the first out of the lock. We decided on that. We'd been in the command for almost ten years. Ever since Commander Stevens died. You know Stevens, don't you? He took over when we lost Captain Willows. 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 Well, anyway, Ross out first, and then you, James. And you, Frankenstein. And then Triplet. And me last. Because you all specialists. I'm just a crewman. A crewman, I might say. The only one left. Ross hesitated and almost stumbled when he stepped out. A tear began pouring from his eyes. But he thought, well, you know nothing, no, no, coming home after 30 years and all that. But when I stepped out on the rock, my eyes stung like fire. A thousand needles seemed to jab my, my skin. 
And the president himself stepped forward with the flowers. That's where the real trouble began. The, the flowers, remember, were stretching out his arms, take the bouquet like a mother, reaching for a baby, and suddenly dropped down, sneezing, coughing, and sobbing for breath. The president reached out to help him, asking over and over what was wrong. It is the same with all of us. We turned and staggered back to the ship, closing the lock behind us. It was bad then. God, I've never forgot it. The five of us, moaning in agony, grasping for breath, our eyes all swollen and shut, the itching, the itching, Gregory shuddered. Even the emotion of discipline, James set his teeth and felt his scalp crawl at the memory of that horror. He glanced towards the viewpoint as though he cleansed, as though he cleansed his mind and memory. He could see Ross out there, among geraniums, moving slowly and painfully, his heavy spacesuit. Occupational therapy. Ross watered flowers. Greggy talked, and Frankenstein was bitter. Himself? Observation, maybe. Greggy's voice began again, and then they, uh, they were pounding on the lock, begging us to get the doctor in. But we were all rolling and thrashing, itching, burning, sneezing, and funny. James got himself under control enough to open locks and let them in. They came the tests, allergy tests. Remember those? They cut a little rose, scratching on your arm. Every man instinctively glanced at his forearm. Saw a neat rose with tiny pink scars, row on row. They put a little powder in each cut, and each kind of powder was an extract of some commonplace substance we might be allergic to. Charts they made were full of peas, peas for positive, long colours for long, big, red peas, all pollen, dust, wool, nylon, cotton, fish, meat, fruit, vegetables, grain, milk, whiskey, cigarettes, dogs, cats, everything. Wasn't funny about us being allergic to women's face powder? We were allergic to women for the nylon hose to the face powder. Thirty years of breathing purified, sterilised, filtered air. Thirty years of drinking distilled water, swallowing synthetic food tablets and changes. Anything we weren't allergic to were the metal, plastic and synthetics of our ship. The ship were allergic to earth. That's funny, isn't it? Gregory bent the rock back and forth, laughing, the thin, high laugh of hysteria. James suddenly walked to a water hydrant and filled a plastic cup. He brought Gregory a small white pill. You wouldn't tell this. You wouldn't take this with the rest, with the rest of us at supper. You better take it now. Take it now. You need it. Gregory nodded bleakly, sobbering. At once, and swallowed a pellet. He made a face after water. Distilled his bat. Distilled no favour, no life. Like us, distilled. It's only we could be blasted off again, Frankenstein's. Tone's voice came muffled through his hands. It would have made any difference where, where, anywhere or nowhere. And now our fine ship is obsolete. We're old, much too old. They are space they, they have base drive now. Men don't make 30 year junkets into space. Come back and load it earth. They go out in a month or two. They're back with their hair still black, their eyes still bright. The uniforms still fit. A month or two is it is all. These crowds just cheered us. They're proud of us and sorry for us because we've been out 30 years and never expected us back to, at all. But it's convenient for spaceport. Bit of sarcasm tinged his voice. 
He actually had to postpone a regular monthly transgalactic run for this in with his big clumsy hunk. Hulk. Don't do why didn't we ever see any why didn't we ever see any of those new ships either going out or coming back? asked Gregory. Frankenstein shook his head. You don't see a ship with space drive. It's out of normal space-time dimensions. We're smattering on the theory at Cadet School. Hey, hey, if one did flash in a normal space-time, say, for instance, coming in for landing, the probability of us being in the same place, same time, was almost nil. Two ships passing in the night, as one old saying says. Greg, nodded. I miss, I guess Triplet was a lucky one. You didn't see Triplet die, replied James. What was it? asked Jefferson Frankenstein. What killed Triplet? So quickly, too. He was going outside a few minutes, like the rest of us. Eight hours later, he was dead. We couldn't be sure, answered James. Some virus, there were countless viruses. People live in contaminated atmosphere all their lives, but of resistance to them. Perhaps sometimes a particular variant strain still produces an epidemic. But most people, they were uh, uh, infected. Still have a moral case for whatever it is and clever, but after 30 years in space, 30 years of breathing purified, perfectly pure, uncontaminated air, Tripler had no wounded bodies in bloodstream. The virus hit and he died. Why didn't it Why didn't the rest of us get it? asked Jeffrey. We're lucky being the viruses are like that. These people talked about building a home for us, muttered Fangerstone. Why didn't they? It would have been wouldn't have been any different, answered James gently. It would have been the same, almost as that copy ship, is it? Everything but the rockets, same little and plastic filled with air, synthetic food. Wouldn't have had, couldn't have had wood rugs or down pillows or smiling wives, fresh air or eggs and for breakfast. Would have been just like this. So since the ship was obsolete, they gave it to us and put a ground anchor to it. And we are home. They did their best they could for us, the very best they could. They feel stifled, shut in. The ship is large, Frankenstein. We all crowned in the same section because without each other, we'll go mad. James kicked the edge of the magazines on the floor. Thank God we're not allergic to contaminated paper. There's still, there's still some reading. We're going old, said Gregory. Some day one of us will be there alone. God help him then, answered James. With more emotion than it was usual for him. During the latter part of the conversation, a little red signal been flashing persistently. Finally, James saw it. Ross was in the outer lock. James threw the two in the camera switch. The signal winked out. Every trace of dust and pollen would have to be removed. Ross's suit, for he could come inside the ship. Just like an alien planet, Gregory. Just repeat that last bit. During the latter part of the conversation, a little red light signal had been flashing persistently. Finally, James saw it. Ross was in the lock to lock. James threw the decommentator switch and the signal winked out. Every trace of stuff and pollen would have been removed from Ross's suit before he could come inside a ship. Just like an alien planet, come on, meditated Gregory. Isn't that what this is to us? An alien planet? Answered Frankenstone. Neither the other men dared answer his better question. A few minutes later, Ross was back in the cabin. James helped him out with his spacesuit. How are the geraniums, Ross? asked Gregory. Fine, said Ross, the first utterly. They're just doing fine. Doing just fine. He pulled over his bunk. 
way down his side so he could see out the viewpoint. There would be an hour left before drought flew, and they had to watch the geraniums. They were tall and red and swayed slightly in the evening breeze. This story was originally in Galaxy Science Fiction, December 1952. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership. We're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.